brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The information economy has arrived. The world is teeming with innovation as new business models reinvent every industry. industry. Inside Analysis is your source of information and insight about how to make the most of this exciting new era. Learn more at InsideAnalysis.com. InsideAnalysis.com. And now, here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back once again to the only coast-to-coast radio show all about the information economy. It's called Inside Analysis. Your host here, Eric Cavanaugh, with a very special guest, our good friend Sean Brem, is here from CrowdPoint Technologies. We're going to talk about a pretty big topic and try to distill it down into some of its component parts and explain what it means and what it means for you, what it means for me, what it means for individuals and for businesses and for the future, for our economy, for where things are going and how we can get better control of our own destiny and of our own businesses and our own data, quite frankly. So the topic is Web 3.0. What does it mean? It's been out there a long time. Uh, semantic web is what a lot of people talk about. Decentralized web. So semantics are important. Decentralization is important. And real quick, Sean, what does decentralized really mean? Well, if you think about the internet, ARPANET, and uh, its origins, it was designed to become a communication system that would not go down if one node went down. This is a fundamental principle of the internet is that it can stand up on its own and bits of it can be taken down and yet it still works as a communication mechanism, right? So you think about that, that's decentralization. But control on the web today tends to be very centralized, either at Google or Amazon or LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And what's happening? Well, power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. So if you give complete power over a particular domain of the world, well, you're going to wind up with some corruption. We've seen that now at the Twitter files. Elon Musk came in. It only took $44 billion to show us what was going on over there. But uh, as he joked, uh, all of the conspiracy theories people had turned out to be true. They were conspiracy fun facts. So I throw that out there as a straw in the wind and as a reminder that we do have this exposure and that's what it kind of we have exposure to entities outside of our control large organizations of course governments etc and what's going to happen now that the economy is teetering very significantly i mean the the jobs report came in up okay i know a lot of people just got laid off salesforce laid off 10 percent meta's laid off ten thousand. apparently amazon eighteen thousand. what does this mean well decentralized web 
is one way to federate that power and to federate that authority and to get authority closer to you, closer to home. I guess I'll throw that as my, as my foundation. And Sean, I'll bring you in. You've been in the IT business for a long time in the real business world. You're an innovator. You build things. Sean is also a veteran. He's fought for our freedom. So he knows what, what it costs. He knows what freedom costs. But he also understands the technological underpinnings of what the e-commerce engine runs on these days. And you've got some pretty big ideas about how to, to change all that and, and to build on some old concepts, quite frankly, like the Buttonwood Agreement, et cetera. But with that long-winded introduction, Sean, tell us, what do you think Web 3.0 is all about? Well, I think Web 3.0 is the reason why it seems so confusing to people is because it's also called the semantic web. So how many times, uh, Eric, have you been in a conversation and it kind of starts to get heated and then one person throws like, well, that's just semantics. Yes, right. <laughs> and, like that's the defining moment of the conversation. And your right. response should be, you're exactly right. It is semantics and <laughs> how I define things. Right. So when you look at this semantic web, I, I, it doesn't bother me that some people think it's metaverse goggles where you disappear for 42 hours uh, straight and, and, and just play games. Uh, other people think it's financial um, systems and, and, and cryptocurrencies. Other people think it's e-commerce. You know, other people think it's a, a personalized web experience. Correct. They're all correct. I mean, if you think about it real simply, is when in my past when we were prosecuting targets, uh, and we were looking at intelligence. We always looked at the spatial considerations, the, the temporal considerations, what time, thematically, and then semantically, how the, the enemy defined success. And when I, I go back to that, that spatial, temporal, thematic, semantic, let's just, just think about this. Let's say you're in the market, uh, Eric, to buy a car, right? And um, so spatially, you live in the area you know that you live in there up there uh, with your lovely bride and, and your wife. And then temporally, well, in the next 90 days, you're going to make a buying decision. Thematically, how do you define an automobile? Do you define an automobile as a sports car? Do you define it as a utility vehicle? Do you define it as an SUV? And, and then, then let's say, well, it's an SUV. I've got a, I've got a family. I've got uh, these needs to move, move my family around. So I'm going to define a semantically define the theme of an SUV um, as, let's say, a, a suburban. Well, there you have it. The semantics behind the definition of your purchasing decision drives all the other factors because mm -hmm. you need suburban. That means you need to find, okay, thematically, which which uh, which programs or which uh, dealerships carry the suburbans. And then you're mm -hmm. going to think uh, spatially, well, is there one near me? And temporally, are they going to have one in the next 90 days? So the semantics really are going to drive the future of the web. So I hope that's a, a real simple explanation of how I kind of see the semantic web. Yeah, well, and it, it comes into play in lots of different ways. So you have an interesting example of a very big life decision of buying a car because it's expensive to buy a car. You're probably going to be paying it for years. I mean, some people can pay it outright, but most people get a car loan and they're paying that loan every month. So that's a pretty big decision. And if you're trying to figure out which car to buy, well, knowing who has what inventory and where is kind of important. And of course, now you see a lot of these dealerships talking about, oh, well, pick your own car and like pick the 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 color and the shape and all these different things, and then we'll have it made just for you and delivered to you. Of course, that happens over a period of time. But I think that the key you're you're making here with respect to Web 3.0 and the semantic web and this decentralized web is that there is going to be, and there are now these ways, it's going to be much more prevalent in the future to get better information from other sources and from maybe more more trustworthy sources. Because if you call the dealership, say you have this car, like, hold on, let me look. They go to their inventory and they see maybe they do, maybe they don't. There's not a lot of visibility through supply chains to get to things, to figure out what you could possibly buy, right? And I think that Web 3.0, which is more federated, it is uh, closer to you. You've talked about edge computing in the past and how that comes into play here. Yeah. That becomes a source of information to help you make a better decision. You know, right now you you go and you Google something and you'll get search results from companies that review cars, for example. But it's just it's kind of hard to get to some of the most important information that you want to get to. And I think uh, your story kind of hints that it's going to be easier in the future with a sort of Web 3.0 enabled world. Is that about right? Yeah, because, well, let's give an example of your let's 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 expand upon your accident of dealership. Um you say, well, I want a Suburban, and my wife defines the Suburban as white. She wants a white, which is actually interesting enough because that's the most um, 
sold color in automobiles and she's looking for it you know in the next so that's how she defines an suv and she's looking for it you know temporally in the next uh, 60 days and um and we like you because you're within 20 miles of our home well mm-hmm. they're looking at a database that you don't see and they may they and they're scouring and what can happen is, well, they could say, well, yeah, sure. We'll have it ready for you in 60 days. Come on down and we'll show you pictures of the car. Well, it's actually could have been, could be all the way in Kentucky. Uh, but because they have access to data that you don't have, they're able to hide a few things because it's not open and honest. So now you've engaged all that energy, them full knowing, you know, maybe maybe this salesperson is just an optimistic guy that says, you know, I, I'm going to do my best because I'm a good person and I'll and I'll get George, who I've done with in the past, to make sure he gets on a carrier right away. And he's hoping he would because he really wants to make the sale, but his interest is greater than yours. Interesting. Uh, when you get into a truly decentralized environment with the semantic web, how you define things will immediately ping on multiple nodes and you'll find out immediately that if you're willing to wait that car is in fact in kentucky so i think that's a great small little example of what happens when you look at centralized systems today versus a decentralized and how we define things well and so this is interesting and folks we're already seeing this take place right so you have all these web services that are coming out uh carfax.com for example is one of them where you're getting more and more and better usually bits of information about what you're going to decide upon, which is to buy this car, right? And I think what Sean is kind of articulating here is that again, in this web 3.0 enabled world, it's gonna be even easier to get access to those pieces of information. And you'll you'll be able to trust the sources of information as well. This is real, what I call real world data at scale. And it's being leveraged now by large organizations, Facebook, uh, Meta, of course, um, other large companies are using the daylights out of your customer information right now to know where to ship product, what kind of product to ship, what to offer you, all these things, but it's all behind the veil, so to speak. In other words, they have that almost like we're playing a card game. They can see the cards and you can't. And what you're talking about is kind of changing the rules where we'll all be able to see greater detail about what's available and where, and therefore you'll make a better decision on the price, not just on what you buy, but how much you pay for that thing, right? Sure, and why not? I mean, let's you you brought up the term data. Data is the new oil. I mean, and, and here's the good news, ladies and gentlemen: your family is a refiner. Your family is literally an oil well. Mm-hmm. The thing you're doing though is you're sacrificing the refinement of that data uh, with, with value to other people, and then they're selling it back to you. I mean, when you think about it, if, if you've ever held, if you ever had the chance to maybe touch west texas crude before or just touch any raw oil out of the ground before eric no no it's nasty it's i mean unless you get into some of that midian oil in saudi arabia it's dead dinosaur it's kind of murky and lumpy and ugly and heaven forbid you know british petroleum lets it leak into the it lets it into the gulf of mexico it's nasty stuff right and it's really just dead dinosaur but when someone adds value to oil it becomes fuel and that fuel the better the more value add to cleaner it runs and it does right. better for the the lower lower emissions it does so many things well the same thing with data data is just lumpy dead dinosaur it's kind of ugh. it's just lots all of it some of it's structured some of it's semi-structured and it's got it's got volume to it it's got variety it's got uh volume and it's got veracity because something sometimes believe it or not people hide behind their laptops to tell the truth so all of a sudden you've got volume velocity and variety and uh, all thrown out there, but the fifth, the, the most important V is value, because data with value is information. So in the same way, oil with value is fuel. Well, information fuels the power power of the internet today. So what I love about where we're going with the semantic web, at least where we're driving toward, is this concept of financial inclusion. If you're the oil well, and you're willing to let someone else refine it and gain value, shouldn't you be remediated for that? Shouldn't you? Shouldn't there be some kind of return back to you, either in the form of discounts or group purchasing or just flat out payment? Mm-hmm. So what happens when each and every one of us start to stake our claim in our own oil wells as families or individuals, and we define our interests, now you've got this whole decentralized advertising and decentralized business models that start emerging that are completely disruptive where the north star becomes you you're the most important component in all this and that's mm-hmm. that's really been financial inclusion has really been been a, uh, a passion of mine since i've traveled the world and i've been to and our country sent us to strange places and and seen the disparity between american wealth and global wealth uh, and then you get in you start doing some 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 work 
you know, through some uh, charity work and or, you know, military going into some towns that are out in the middle of nowhere and you start looking at, you know, kind of the disparity of wealth. You know, financial inclusion has been our North Star, my personal North Star, and certainly for my business partners. And and that's what we see the the financial inclusion, the, the semantic web is really putting all of us in how we define things should benefit us. And, and, and that gets us onto a concept of financial inclusion. Yeah, that's interesting. And just again, to kind of bring this back into context for our audience, you look at the success of Facebook, the success of Google. Well, no doubt there were fantastic engineers with great vision who built amazing things. There's no doubt about that. But a huge part of the success is the ability to collect, aggregate, analyze, and then leverage the insights from massive amounts of data, of personal data, of purchasing history, of interest data, what you go to. And it's still very imperfect. I mean, as, soon, as good as these guys are, you, my experience going on Google and finding things is not uh, optimized the way I, I would think it could be at some point in time. And that's there are lots of reasons for that. You know, we have rules around privacy, for example. But, you know, you, you look at uh, GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, and, and what it means and how it's actually applied and how it lives in the real world. And it's very it's very messy. You know, it may, there may be a good vision behind this, but how that actually transacts. I think is a pretty far cry from the uh, the ideal version or the platonic concept, if you will, of privacy. And so when you talk about Web 3.0, you're really talking about helping to build out a federated compute and storage engine, really, upon which e-commerce can be built. I mean, very quickly, that's the big vision, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, when you... when when. The key should each and every one of us should be able to have our data at the edge uh, and edge computing is a, a great concept but when you start tying that to decentralized systems and decentralized data store and decentralized clouds it becomes more important because uh, the biggest reason each and every one of you want a decentralized world is central we've seen throughout time that when people centralize um, they tend to do things inefficiently and then on top of that they tend to take their influences so i'm, I'm not Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Faulting Twitter. A lot of people say, oh, Twitter is evil. It's this left-wing conspiracy. No, for me, I thought Elon Musk was very, very simple. He says, look, when you when you tend to hire a bunch of engineers from Berkeley, you're going to get the culture of Berkeley. Right. So I don't think this was this, you know, evil Chinese collusion for socialism take over the nation. I just think you had a bunch of people from Berkeley that have their views. Look, I, I love going to Berkeley and debating. I, I gave a great speech one time there. Uh, 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 actually not actually there in San Jose with a bunch of Berkeley students in it. And, and the dialogue was interesting. But what happens hmm. is when you have an organization where they all were believing the same way, then tyranny of the minority kicked in. And I can we could spend for hours about John Jay and Alexander Hamilton and James Madison talking about that. But that's all that happened. But when when you when you create a semantic web that's decentralized, it's free speech. It, it's hmm. pushed out. It, it's open. There's not one person that controls it except for you. And that's right. what gets really exciting is decentralization means that there's no central authority. And that has so many, so many impacts on identity. It has impacts on markets. It has impact on banking and capital. It has impact on finance. It's just, it's a really exciting time because the more decentralized it is, means the closer it is to you. Therefore, kind of creating this whole vision of edge computing. And now your data is managed by you. But since it's decentralized, no one can steal it. So it's, it's, it's right. pretty exciting where we're going right now, actually.
Well, that, that, that's a good point. And I'm going to throw off a couple of comments here before our first segment ends. You know, these the straws are in the wind. In other words, we're already seeing these things play out. And there's always a long arc for these things, right? Something starts early on. And we talked earlier today about the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, how that was a federated system where you would give some of your compute power to the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, which was brilliant. That was in the 1990s. That's a long time ago. And then in, in the recent past, we have something like Robin Hood, like the story of Robin Hood, which was all about financial inclusion, was all about helping poor people or middle class people get fractions of stocks, right? But what you what do you need? You need some sort of a clearinghouse to be able to do that. that and guess what happened? The clearinghouse is centralized and it it got corrupted. At the when when S H I T hit the fan, they pulled the string and didn't let people make money off this trade because they were exposed, right? So point being you can have these good ideals, but you you have to follow something through all the way to to design and architecture and execution and follow all that in, into the next day right and so if you can't just pull the string on something and it all falls down so we'll pick that up after the break folks don't touch that dial you're listening to inside analysis with sean brim of crowdpoint technologies What if you could own a piece of the future? What if you could build your next castle, not on sand, but on the bedrock of a modern blockchain ecosystem? The first internet gold rush made millionaires. The second wave is minting billionaires. But the third wave is just gathering now, and anyone can get in on the action. Hop online to crowdpointtech.com to learn how you can secure a foothold in the blockchain revolution. Whatever your passion, wherever you want to go in life, there's an opportunity awaiting you right now. Go to crowdpointtech.com to learn how the blockchain will fuel the next generation of innovation in this globally connected world. That's crowdpointtech.com, your trusted agent in an untrusted world. What's the longest running radio show in the world focused on data? DM Radio. Want to be a guest sometime? Send an email to info at dmradio.biz. That's info at dmradio.biz. If you're trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1585-877-247-1585. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, Call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA. 
the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-504-1123. 800-504-1123. That's 800-504-11. Welcome back to Inside Analysis. Here's your host, Kavanaugh. Take us to the future. All right, folks, back here on Inside Analysis, talking to Sean Brem of CrowdPoint Technologies. And talking about decentralization, Web 3.0, how it applies to financial inclusion, right? That's the title of the show in my head here, at least. Working title is uh, Web 3.0 as a practical roadmap to financial inclusion. And it requires a lot of things. Transparency is is crucial. Transparency of process, of decision-making, things of this nature. Think about rewards programs and how they'll change the rules on you one time. I, I changed my rewards program with my local shopping uh, store, Giant Eagle, over here, and I, I thought about it. like, do I want to do this? I said, okay. And then I figured out how they changed. I was like, man, I wish I hadn't done that because <laughs> they just got me when I'm at the store. They used to give you a percentage off on your gas. And then they figured out the algorithms went sideways because gas got so expensive. So they're like, oh, gosh, we got to change this reward program. <laughs> I didn't know that was what was behind it. I was like, okay, fine. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could go back to the old rewards program. But that's what happens when you have centralized control over things, right? If someone can pull a string on you, and you see this a lot on the web, and not to get off topic here, but you know, a lot of these freemium services where you can use it for free and it's very exciting, and all of a sudden, like, okay, now you got to pay for that. Right, that's a that's a go to market strategy in the web. Is this it's free now, and then we'll pull the string later. It's okay if they tell you that's what's going to happen, but really they're just trying to get off the ground. So it's not you know necessarily a, a bad thought or plan. It's just that's how you know someone has to pay for it sooner or later, and we're all kind of paying for stuff now. So you know you've got this vision for decentralized compute, storage, and identity resolution, which is really really important. You made an interesting comment too about how. With a decentralized approach, your the value of your purchasing history can be there for you to leverage at any given time at any place. So not just within Amazon or within Google Marketplace or within these closed circuit type operations, but no, giving someone their purchase history that they can then leverage as a semantic matrix to find the right things for them. That's what you're talking about, right? Well, yeah, why not? I mean, it's your personal portfolio. It's an asset class that you own. But right now, you're surrendering it on a daily basis. It makes no That's sense. Funny. Right, right, right. That's interesting. It's an asset class. So we've talked about this before, meaning, again, folks, when when Google and Facebook and these other big companies leverage the power of your data, they are aggregating your purchasing history, demographic information about you, for example, whatever they can get, they're going to leverage to better understand who you are and how to sell that to their advertisers, to the people they do business with. What Sean's vision boils down to is giving you an, an infrastructure and a mechanism by which you can control that and then leverage it in an anonymized way on a blockchain that has you know, persistence and uh, is also a general ledger. So it's this very well thought out vision and it's also backed by uh, by silver contracts, uh, if I'm silver streaming contracts, if I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly. Yeah. So the idea is that you're, you're trying to give people the benefit of their purchase history, the benefit of their, per, of their ID and what that really means, that oil you talked about, that uh, unrefined oil at this point in time, let them refine it in an environment that they control and this is a big story now. Identity resolution has been a story for a while now. It's a bigger story now. And if you get that right, guess what else happens? Fraud goes down significantly. Mischievous characters are going to have a harder time. And this is my big complaint with governments and organizations in general is that there's so much of this fraud. There's so much of this miscreant behavior. Why can't we solve for that challenge? I think the short answer is we can, but it's for some reason, it's too costly in the minds of the people who control these big machines. What do you think? That's it. It's too costly. Look, if you have, you ever heard that saying, it's hard to turn a battleship once it's going yeah. a direction. Well, right. that battleship are these great companies. I mean, Facebook, Google, Amazon, phenomenal comp companies. But we didn't have the compute stack capability. We didn't have the kinds of things that we've learned over a period of time. 
um, to, to go decentralized immediately. So you went centralized. So when you're centralized, all of a sudden you create a business ecosystem, but that ecosystem really becomes a business ecosystem because the person who, who owns the platform extracts the most value. But you're the value behind the platform. So you get this weird conundrum of the chicken and the egg. And so I just think, um, I think the world is ready for decentralized. I mean, just look at the collapse of FTX alone and, and cryptocurrency organizations. I mean, and, 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 and Robinhood, they exposed an industry-wide you know, structural weakness when you when you can take a centralized system and throw in human personality. Right. I mean, you know, notwithstanding the failure of FTX, um, you know, the, the premise of decentralization is really good. It means democracy. It means egalite, egalitarian. I mean, decentralized represents a more favorable opportunity for all of us on this call. It's a more favorable opportunity for financial inclusion. You know, I, I what I love about this country is you know, when capitalism is defined the way it's supposed to be defined and not not by some of the, the Carnegie's and the Rockefeller's, and it really gets down to the, the backbone of a nation, which is your mid-market, your small media business, man, right. it's really exciting. I mean, decentralization, uh, those those interactions in decentralization provide a creation of of, of, of new applications overnight I mean, and for moving assets, and, you, and you're one of them. Your, your data is an asset um, without the ability to create back doors. I mean, as you said, Twitter, how mm-hmm. embarrassing. They're in there changing the database. They're in there right. quietly arbitraging decisions and then deleting things because they could. Right. It was centralized. They could. Right. Look at this Sam Bankman-Freeman guy. Right. I didn't know. I'm sorry. Dude, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think... I don't think he knew. I think he was just a classic, young, arrogant guy. Everybody, you know, when you hit your 50, you realize how much you don't know. And I think at 29, 30 years old, he thought he knew it all. Right. Uh, but he had the ability to change things behind the scenes. And without right. that immutability and transparency, just the boogeyman creeps in there, right? right? So what I think is the state of affairs that we're seeing with the Googles and the Facebooks, I mean, heck, right now, Elon Musk was afraid Twitter was going to get taken off the Apple store. He had to go fly right. and meet the CEO of, of Apple on a decentralized environment. You know, we it's 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 uh, it's 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 much safer. And I, and I think what's happening today is I love the FTX, the cryptocurrency, all these problems. It's really it's the next gen. I mean, when you look at the failure of the dot com boom, some really great business models came out of it, and and that evolution is is, is happening now with decentralized technologies. You know. You've got regulations coming to a perfect storm. You've got these new technologies. I mean, and then on top of that, we got a recession coming. Right. I, mean, I mean, look at history. When recessions hit, um, even you saw a small recession, you know, you saw a big one in 2008, but you saw one in, in the dot-com bust. Um, you know, there's, think of all the things that if you had just gotten into back then, that mm-hmm. were tiny that ended up, and I, and I think emerging technologies and decentralization are going to replace these failed business models and challenges um, that they give, I think you're going to see Wall Street capability with Main Street practicality, and, and I think decentralized cloud, kind of a database that's also ledgers and storage, uh, just is really going to be a, a great approach. And and then that's really we're excited about. We're about we're excited about creating a next generation cloud um, that's a comprehensive security solution. It, it, it addresses the needs of both individuals and business users for apps, data, infrastructure, and 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 this this decentralized environment kind of creates this whole new concept of interconnect. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Business and, and, and social solutions that manage data that constantly gets wider and wider and wider to the point that it just starts computing at the edge. And mm-hmm. edge computing has got some great promises as well. So I, I'm happy, honestly, that we've kind of uh, had some foresight and we're sitting here with these turn of events and we're kind of in the catbird seat. Well, and just to kind of really break this down for people, because I guarantee that there are folks who are going to hear this and scratch their heads to understand how decentralized works. Well, first of all, it's already decentralized to a certain degree. If I'm on my computer and I'm logged on to Amazon.com, there's something on my browser. There's information that's loaded into my browser that I'm looking at. That's one system. Right, that's my computer, and when I click on things, it's sending messages back through the cloud to Amazon, and they're making decisions, sending decisions back to me. In a decentralized cloud, what Sean is talking about is where it's not just going back from that cloud to my machine and back to that cloud, back to my machine. It's actually putting out instructions to the federated compute nodes, each of which can pick something up and deliver it back. Now, there are efficiencies you gain and efficiencies you lose in a system like that, but when designed well, when designed efficiently and when run effectively, that becomes a very stable environment because now you can't just take down to Amazon, like Amazon goes down. I mean, it doesn't go down very often. It does happen. They have outages. Uh, But the point is, the less centralized something is, the more resilient it can be. And what Sean is really talking about is is this new architecture, this whole new fundamental way of creating the stack, the traditional tech stack that is decentralized, that is federated. And it absolutely can happen. It's happening right now. And his point is that the future is going to be more federated. And that's going to be good news for all of us if we solve for these very critical challenges, one of which is ID, is decentralized ID. And I guess real quick, you have some very interesting technology on this front of being able to kind of map. I know you don't maybe want to tip your hand on everything, but just give the audience a little bit of of an understanding about decentralized ID and how that actually works in practice. Yeah, the concept of a decentralized ID is that you actually own your identity. But when it becomes decentralized and distributed, um, it's actually your portions of your purchases and about you are kind of in this database. But instead of it being a centralized database with rows and columns, it's distributed. And, and that and that means that now your identity can consist of one, three, five, 10, 15, 20 files located in different sites uh, uh, aligned to the same um, person uh, and, and, and on entirely different networks. Right. So boy, hacking becomes real hard. Um, the portions of, of the data about you what are- What a good point. Yeah. It's I mean, very interesting because again, you just have, you have little bits and pieces. And then of course there's a map like think back to the old days of MapReduce, right? You got a map that is in your centralized or your decentralized ID to all the other bits and pieces about you that will come into play if it matters. So now I'm in San Diego. I'm normally in Pittsburgh. Now I'm in San Diego and my decentralized ID with all this information about me can be leveraged with anyone in this ecosystem so they know, oh, he's in San Diego now. He likes this kind of dinner. He likes this kind of meal. He likes this kind of whatever. All that kind of goes with me in this environment and it's safer because it is decentralized because if someone hacks in here they can't hack across all the way through to kind of coalesce i mean global cybercrime is 15 trillion dollars and you know why cybercrime is so big eric because they're all trying to steal your medical records i mean the whole world's about either stealing them or ransoming it hmm. i mean so the nice thing when you start putting this on decentralized uh, identities and you all the data about you is portions of you are stored in multiple physical locations and processed in distributed across distributed or multiple nodes that are out there Mm -hmm. and so what that means is 
it's extreme. It's a, it's a, it's, it's kind of like a next generation document storage system. When you think about it, about you, whether mm-hmm. it's passports or all you, and, and, it, and it's going to be highly, it's to be really, really high performance. It's extremely flexible. Um, it's really massively scalable and it does three things. There's three things listeners and watchers should get out of this. Number one, it's more efficient. Number two, it benefits businesses and people. And number three, it returns us to, I'm going to use the word, a democratized uh, and egalitarian marketplace. It's, it's more efficient because the decentralized system itself adopts this data redundancy. In other words, lots of copies of it and load balancing to make sure it can be accessible for really fast stuff. And then security. Mm-hmm. Like think about the money, money we're spending on 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 data security, uh, uh, where basically people can hack into a centralized database, run a SQL statement, and steal it all. Or right. if they can't hack it, the really good hackers can hack it because a root kit and come in. The bad hackers just ransom you, stand and deliver. Right. Well, when when this is all decentralized, you can kind of point the IP address and go try and find me. So because <laughs> that, and the reason why is because many copies of your data is available at various nodes and computers and different locations. Even if one node stops working, uh, it doesn't lead to data loss. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and not only is it more efficient, it's more efficient for, it's more beneficial for you because it provides people and businesses an affordable and efficient avenue to make and receive payments, access investments, savings, products. Even building credit history becomes really, really powerful because now all of a sudden the transactions about your data actually add to your score. Vogue, the, 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 the powerful thing about a decentralized environment is it also facilitates the verification and traceability of multi-step transactions. So you can't hide stuff anymore. And, mm-hmm. and that's really important when it's open, honest, and stable. And then it's also beneficial because it ensures secure transactions. That means all of a sudden you're more compliant if you're a bank or you're a company and you're trying to get compliant. Lower costs, Hmm. accelerated data transfer, things tend to move faster. And then sharing between people and processes and businesses. And at the end of the day, I mean, companies are going to adopt it. Your small business because it's it's a it's it it helps in fair contract administration and 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 product auditing and Hmm. for your entire supply chain. But what I love about it the most is this. Financial inclusion and democracy to me are cold hand in hand. Because without a strong capitalistic environment, you don't have a strong democracy. But unfortunately, in cor- capitalism corrupted, you don't have financial inclusion. So a decentralized environment provides a new kind of, of availability of cloud computing uh, resources that are completely decentralized. Yeah. They're decentralized computer nodes. Think of them all out there where no one person, no one entity has central on the network. And because of the increased nodes of privacy and private compute nodes, it, it becomes so close to where you are. It's an edge compute. Now, all of a sudden, you're, if, if I don't like the way you speak because you all didn't go to University of Wisconsin and you all work for a company and you guys were all in a certain sorority or fraternity, and we just disagree with that because let's say, you know, you're, you know, you, you know, you're, you're, you're a Sigma Alpha Epsilon and nobody likes SAEs. And well, all of a sudden you're, you're being, you're being blocked. And you say, this is crazy, Sean, this doesn't happen. It just happened. Right. Well, it let's just out- happened. And you don't think that Twitter is a singular bunch of people that decided they're smarter than you and I? Right. We fly over country. <laughs> right. Let's pick up at the break, folks. We'll be right back. You're listening to Inside Analysis. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need 25000 50000 or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. 800-627-6493. 800-627-6493. That's 800-627-6493. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrow and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. 
In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-755-4281. 800-755-4281. That's 800-755-4281. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. We'll bill your insurance for you. 800-514-9849. 800-514-9849. That's 800-514-9849. Do you have an old car sitting around your house? Maybe you're even paying insurance on it. Well, if you don't need that car anymore, donate it, running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation. They will even come and pick it up for free and give you a receipt for a tax donation. Breast cancer screening could save the life of someone you love. And right now, they need your help. They want to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And that's what your old car helps to pay for. So get your phone out and call right now to donate your car to the United Breast Cancer Foundation. Remember, they will come pick it up for free and give you a tax donation receipt. Call right now at 800-245-1375. 800-245-1375. That's 800-245-1375. 800-245-1375. Welcome back to Inside Analysis. Here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. All right, folks, back here on Inside Analysis, talking to Sean Brem of CrowdPoint Technologies. So Web 3.0 is a roadmap to practical financial inclusion. It's really what we're talking about. And you can see facets of this everywhere. You can see the fintech revolution. You can see what Zelle did to the Western Union business model, for example. Well, those same paradigm shifts apply to data, to information systems, to compute, to storage, to all these things. Everything is changing very, very quickly now. And Web 3.0 is, I mean, it's really going to usher in a whole new way of doing things, of building things. And Sean has this, this really compelling vision about how to do all that. And it starts with the blockchain. Now, people are very familiar with the term blockchain. It is what was designed to underpin Bitcoin. That is not the only use case, and it's not the only blockchain. So you've got Ethereum, you've got a bunch of other blockchains, and a proprietary one called Vogon. And Sean, just to go into the weeds here, Sean it has deep experience in technologies like Hadoop. He taught himself Hadoop. Let me tell you, it's a difficult thing to do, okay? Hadoop is the engine by which Yahoo would index the web using something called MapReduce. You'd map out all the terms every where, reduce that to a formula. That's how they're able to tell you where to go to find stuff, right? Well, that's a centralized process. Like everyone goes to Google to get their information. And most people who pay attention now know they get skewed results on that stuff, not just because of the advertisements. But if you get political on Google, trust me, you're going to have a hard time finding information they don't want you to find, which is another story for another day. 
But um, which has also so, recently come out, right? <laughs> what, what's that exactly? Well, there's a, a lot of these stories are coming out, and they're going to come. A out. Joke about a conspiracy theory. Give it about twelve months. <laughs> no, I haven't heard that <laughs> until it's a conspiracy fun fact. <laughs> but let's let's talk about this. You guys built a blockchain, and it's got a bunch of really cool things going on yeah. here. One of which is the polyglot translator, yeah. right? So you can take any code of any kind. It could be Java, it could be C sharp, could be C plus plus, whatever. You don't care. Nope. And it also has you have this concept of mitosis, which is pretty deep stuff in yeah. terms of how this thing works. So scalability. We're learning a lot of lessons here, folks. This goes way back to, in fact, Yahoo. Yahoo, the open source community, all these guys in the 90s were really trying to figure out how can we scale up capacity when peaks of performance are required, like on Black Friday or the holiday season, et cetera, and then scale back down. So first we saw the scale up. They're still working on the scale down, to be blunt, uh, with the audience out there. But you've got this concept on on your blockchain, which of course is immutable. That's the beautiful thing about blockchain. It's immutable. You can append records. You don't overwrite anything. You're just appending records. So you have this complete audit trail to know where things went. So you don't get backdoors. You don't get FTX where once the uh, the, the whistleblower came out, then $5 billion disappears. Well, how'd that happen? It happened because they had a backdoor. You don't want backdoors. You want transparency. You want trust, honest, trusted, honest, open markets, right? And the foundation is this technology, right? Tell us about Vogon blockchain and how it's different and why it plays into this whole story. Yeah, so I'll kind of give you the problem that solves. One of the main problems faced by this whole concept of uh, progressive decentralization in Web3 is how to store large amounts of data in a decentralized way. That's right. the big problem you have to solve. So Sean, right. what problem are you solving? Well, when you think about you know, the current blockchains of today, given the prohibitively high cost of storing data directly in, in popular blockchains like Bitcoin or Ethereum, we, we decided that it would be um, both a database and, and a ledger. And I remember I was doing some show, I can't remember what it was, I think it may have been with you where we had those guys in the UK that were, um, that were yes, uh, that's moving right. uh-huh. wine, right? That's right, yep. Yeah, and, and remember the guy from the UK is like, well, what's the problem with the blockchain? It's an incredibly slow database. Right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> you're right, you know, and it's really expensive. So we said, you know, we had, sometimes it's good when you're, when you when you don't want to wear the, the yellow shirt at the beginning of the Tour de France, you want to wait for a while, right? right. And, and that's what we did. We kind of hung back and we saw, well, what if we were a decentralized database and a ledger? Right. So we really wouldn't be a decentralized cloud and we really wouldn't be a blockchain. We'd be kind of like this new thing. And so our Vogon decentralized cloud is like a blockchain because it, it has all the benefits of a blockchain, but it's not a really slow database. It's extremely <laughs> fast, right? And then on top of that, we've taken this DOD-grade stuff we call CrowdBeam, which allows us to take 20 megabytes and compact it and blur your financial information and then everything about you owns with your own your own unique id and then your id is then queried hey can i see who you are and people have to pay you for it so this combination of decentralization with a ledger it's it's really a quantum leap for storage storing large amounts of data sets infinitely more efficiently than current blockchain and infinitely more scalable than a current cloud so for example if you were to take a gig of data and put it on the ethereum blockchain, it would cost you about $20 million. Wow. <laughs> That's not really efficient. And it's incredibly slow to automate. So right. um, we built a technology that not only reimagines that whole tech landscape, but also helps verify uh, and traceability of all the multi-step transactions. That gets back to the democratization side. It provides verification, traceability. So it gives you all the benefit of a ledger, but it gives you all the benefit also of uh, like a really effective distributed database, like like MongoDB is a great example of a popular NoSQL database with a continuously expanding uh, growth model uh, in the data sets. Um, that's, that's, we kind of modeled a lot of that. So inside of our blocks is actually a JSON, it's a document. So now all of a sudden you can, you can basically take this healthy combination of, of, of having uh, transparency with the blockchain and decentralized uh, decentralization and the distributed document stores and securing identities 
through a process that literally shrinks, compacts, errors, and it speeds up data transmission. We we think we're just like the oh wow moment in tech. Mm-hmm. Right? And again, mm-hmm. every tech CEO thinks that, but it's working. It's like like I said before, it's Wall Street capability at Main Street practicality, and it provides permission-based blurring of your sensitive data. And and you can have these clearing houses that are that you engage to to unblur your data. It offers, it's really what I love about it, and we'll let kind of jump in as we're brag a little bit, is it offers several properties that cloud consumers are interested in, in really varying degrees, depending upon, first of all, my number one, you know, I'm a huge federalist, uh, former military officer, resistance to censorship on either side. No single entity can take down the content. Right, that's The open market approach implies an architecture where data is not locked to a single provider. That's what I love about it. Second, the truth is the truth. It's immutable. Data governance, lineage, and transparency. Governance, data, data governance. Where did it come from? How did it get to where it is today? What's the what's the pedigree of this data? And it's transparency. All that's gained, guaranteed. Resilience. Data integrity is guaranteed literally by this massive storage redundancy where this this what happens is our block as you said is a polyglot that's like for your star trek fans a universal translator right essentially what that that means is when there's a request that goes oh do i need more data storage to store more data relative to this document okay right. i split like cellular mitosis to create more storage oh i need more compute capacity like you know i'm trying to do something with um a, a virtual machine well, the block splits to create compute, compute capacity, or do I need it to support a different language of the same data? Because I'm currently using Python and I want to go to C sharp. It splits to do that, so it's very resilient. It's extremely resilient, and then and then pricing is comparable to a centralized cloud, but it adds the additional benefit of being both an edge. And because it's so decentralized, and so now all of a sudden you've got this better version of what we're seeing with centralized cloud architectures today. Well, it's it's a de facto edge everywhere. Yeah. Right? Wow. Isn't yeah. that where it kind of boils down yeah. to? Yeah. I just wrote that down as you were talking. It is a de facto edge everywhere because every node and every node will have information that's relevant at that point. And when it needs information from somewhere else, it grabs it from somewhere else and enriches the, the current node or the current array of nodes that are focused on this particular problem right now. And you know, that gets into efficiency gains, right? I mean, what we're trying to wrap our heads around here is how the architecture changes, how the runtime changes, because it's a very topographically challenging world out there. you got all these different devices people are on, all these different phones, computers, laptops, desktops, et cetera, different operating systems. You think about what Kubernetes has done for enterprise computing and for the cloud. It's kind of interesting. You're almost... You're it's like almost, a micro DevOps inside the Yeah, you're, you're, you're in, a, in a sense, you're at least in the same spirit yeah. of trying to democratize access, because that's really what Kubernetes is all about, is saying, look, you're going to have this diversity of systems that are trying to do something. Let's go to the root level and enable whatever someone has to do whatever they need to get done, right? So it's a very... It's interesting. I don't think it's necessarily um, aligned perfectly in terms of the architecture and what you what you've done. You know, the code that's been written essentially, but in terms of what it enables, it's a very similar kind of conversation. And you know, over time, it's going to get better and better. I'm sure. But the key is is the decentralization, is the federation, no no single point of failure, no choke point, no person who can just say no. I don't like this person for political reasons. I'm going to shut them down. It's very interesting stuff. A podcast bonus segment is coming up next, folks. You're listening to Inside Analysis. KCAA, where every day is a great day. KCAA, Loma Linda. This segment sponsored by the generous support of the Dream Team. Looking for the keys to something bigger and better? Downsizing or relocating to the perfect spot? Oscar Ramirez from Century 21 Lois Lauer Real Estate and Matt Flores from Secure Choice Lending are here to help you sell or buy with their trusted and experienced knowledge and advice. People are calling Oscar and Matt at 951-751-3249. That's 951-751-3249. Real estate and loan advisors, Oscar and Matt, can give you a no-cost consultation. You don't have to buy anything. Matt and Oscar can help you figure your way through the complicated real estate market. Email Oscar at LoisLauer.com or on Instagram at Oscar Ramirez Garcia and Matt Flores 
at securechoicelending.com. Don't let today's real estate pitfalls stop you from dreaming. Make your new home dreams come true. DRE number 0207-0344. Se habla español. You've eaten lots of great food and not so great food at restaurants. Cowboy Burgers in Fontana and now on Arlington and Riverside will fast become one of your favorites. With their delicious mouth-watering burgers and breakfast burritos. Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue also serves fantastic smoked barbecue baby back ribs, tri-tip, chicken, pulled pork sandwiches, as well as lunch and dinner plates. Everything is made from scratch, including their delicious side dishes like coleslaw, potato salad, barbecue beans, and much, much more. Check out their rich, decadent chocolate brownies. Hi, I'm food critic Alan Borgen, and you can dine in, take food out, or have them cater your next special event. I highly recommend Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue at their new location at 5573 Arlington Avenue in Riverside. Just look them up on the internet. That's Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue. Happy eating! And perfect for the holidays, Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue is also available for catering. That's Cowboy Burgers and Barbecue in Fontana and now in Riverside on Arlington. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. Nestled in the heart of downtown San Bernardino is living history and the place you want to be. On the internet, it's 320downtown.com. That's 320downtown.com. The Enterprise Building. With its rich interiors, it's a place so special, you just have to see it. It's at 320 Northeast Street in downtown San Bernardino. The Enterprise Building is the heartbeat and entertainment life of downtown San Bernardino, as well as a distinguished space for your new office or building. You can grow with its newly renovated banquet area, meeting rooms, 320 bar, top deck terrace, and plenty of parking space with over 8,900 square feet of reasonable and available opportunity. Today, it's family owned and operated by Alicia, Alan, and their son, Ryan. They've rolled out the red carpet and crafted a gracious space, keeping the historical feel of the building while providing the opportunity to create the future memories of your upcoming wedding or celebration. It's 320downtown.com. That's 320downtown.com, the Enterprise Building. It's downtown, waiting for you. Our society has coined expressions like philanthropist to encourage and hail people's charitable spirit. Look on the flip side of that shiny coin of generosity, however, and you'll find that its base substance is societal selfishness. After all, the need for charity only exists because we're tolerating intentional injustices and widespread inequality created by power elites. A society as supremely wealthy as ours ought not be relegating needy families and essential components of the common good to the whims of a few rich philanthropists. Yes, corporate and individual donations can help at the margins, but they don't fix anything. Thus, food banks, health clinics, etc. must constantly scrounge for more charity, while big donors have their charitable spirit subsidized with tax breaks that siphon money from our public treasury especially offensive to me, is the common grandiose assertion by fat cat donors that charity is their way of, quote, giving back to society. Hello, if they can give so much, it's probably because they've been taking too much. As business columnist Andrew Ross Sorkin points out, all too often charitable gifts are used to make up for the failure of companies to pay people a living wage and treat their workers with dignity. It's not just the unemployed who rely on food banks, but janitors, nannies, Uber drivers, checkout clerks, and others who work full-time but are so poorly paid they can't make ends meet. That's not a sad charity case, but a matter of criminal exploitation by wealthy elites. And the charitable thing to do is to outlaw it and require a living wage for all. This is Jim Hightower saying, as Sorkin puts it, The aim should be to create a society where we don't need places like food banks. We should be trying to put the food banks out of business. We've all heard jokes that begin with a rabbi, a priest, and a minister walk into a bar. Well, a rabbi, a minister, and a deacon actually walk into the KCAA studios every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. to host the radio program, 
Religion on the Line, and that's no joke. Together, they offer a mixture of humor and serious conversation about things that really matter in life and how to make our lives happier and more fulfilling. They compare religious doctrine and learn from each other while bringing a unique perspective of religion to the KCAA audience. Listen every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. for Religion on the Line, the intersection of humanity and divinity, right here on KCAA Radio, the station that leaves no listeners behind. Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands is serving up some really cool ice cream at La Micho Akana. Then get your chocolates and other delights from Seas Candies. Moms and future moms who visit the mall can cool off and relax while they get treated like royalty at Shiny Nails or Francis Nails and then pampered at Texture Hair. The Tri-City Center is filled with retailers who care about you. Shop at the Tri-City Center in Redlands and see why they call it the mall with a heart. You're listening to KCAA Loma Linda at 106.5 FM, K293CF, Moreno Valley. NBC News Radio. I'm Chris Caraggio. President Biden is returning to Delaware after a visit to Georgia today. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.